Hello, hello. Welcome into Anime Plus, episode, what episode are we on, Zach? 89. Yeah, that sounds good. Episode 89, we're back after a couple weeks off. I went on vacation. It was phenomenal. I'm glad to be back here on this show because we have a lot to chat about. The fall season has started. We're a little late to the game on this, but better late than never. And as always, I got Zach here with me over Discord. Zach, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm really happy with this because we have a lot less than we thought we were. For now. For I mean, now. It's still a lot less than what we thought. <laughs> For now. <laughs> you know, I still plan on checking out that Shinobi show. I still plan on mm-hmm. watching that. And then Two Year Eternity starts in like... I think it starts here days. in like a couple days. Yeah, and I'll part, yeah, yeah. I'll be on the lineup. So it's still going to be a lot, you know, here, here soon, more than likely. We'll see how the Shinobi show does. If it does pretty well, then, you know... It may be on the lineup for us. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we've got two-year eternity, though. My Hero Academia, Chainsaw Man, Bleach, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Witch from Mercury, Blue Box, Blue Lock, not Box, Blue Lock, still freaking Dragon Quest, but we're almost done. We got this episode to chat about, which Zach's on a time limit for, and then we got one more episode, and we are done. We are free from this thing that we've been doing for 100 episodes now. Yeah, unfortunately. So not even 100 episodes because we've skipped several. That's true. That's true. We have taken multiple breaks, but basically for 88 episodes that Dragon Quest has been on here because I think it was like episode one. It was not. Probably like 87. It was like episode three. So so for 86 episodes, yeah, I've said something about meme quests. Yes, unfortunately, that's that's just the world that we live in. But it's almost over. We're almost free. Uh, But no, uh, we definitely appreciate if you subscribe to this wonderful channel give a like on this video be a friend tell a friend of course uh so as i've mentioned before we are partnered with agent inc that's super cool our shop is about to launch here very 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 soon i promise this time uh we are down to the final two pieces of the shop we're working on right now and one of those pieces is animan plus related and it's going to look super cool and you need to go buy it because it's going to be super cool and you're going to want it and it's super cool so get excited because it's super cool can't wait to show off that here in the near future also shout out to the josh pillow always here always watching out for us always there as a good pal he tried to argue with me earlier that he's not a weeb and as he was arguing with me that he's not a weeb he kept using the word weeb in larger forms than just weeb and i point out that that just further makes you a weeb if you're coming up with new terms involving the word weeb where he's like, I'm not a weeb, I'm a weeblet. And I'm like, no, you're a weeb. And he's just like, I'm a weeblet. Weeb he's like, I'm a weeblet. I haven't gone through my weeb formation yet. I'm like, the fact that you're combining weeb into other words further proves you're a weeb, Josh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I mean, there's no difference there. What, what the heck's a weeblet? <laughs> like a baby weeb. <laughs> that's the way he was trying that's to... That's not a thing. Yeah, I know, that's the way he was trying to defend himself, is that he was a, a baby weeb. But anyway, he's always there for us in the corner. Also, shout out to the wooden Goku behind me. Did I show that off on Anime Man Plus yet? I don't remember. Because you got that after. Okay, let me show that off because that's really good. This is the show that it applies to. So, we got a, we got a very big project going on over here at Sparky 3. It's going to be super cool. That should also get revealed in a couple weeks. Really excited for that. And my contractor that's working on this wonderful project made me a wooden goku for uh decoration it's super cool super clean uh if you listen to the audio version you need to go over to youtube.com forward slash sparky three and go to 
about probably five minutes into the video and look at how cool this is. So super cool. Give me a nice backdrop. <sighs> yeah, very excited to show off the big project here soon. Uh, with that big project reveal, I think we can go ahead and just say what we're gonna do, Zach. I think we're already mentally locked into it, yeah? I mean, yeah, that's okay. fun. I okay. mean, it's not that too far away. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we have the big project we're revealing soon. We have the Agent Ink shop that's launching soon with a really cool Animan Plus thing. And then also, so it's not this, the lone wolf of the Sparky 3 pack anymore of the weekly shows. Animan Plus will become a live show, just like Game Static. Just like a terrible football show, it will, we will be going live on Thursdays, which is when we normally record, and then we release episodes Sunday or Saturday, depending on how I feel. Uh, but yeah, going live here in the near future, um, and um, I'm, you know, more details on the live stuff to come. I'll say that. So I'm super excited for that. It's gonna be super cool. I don't know what time. We'll figure that out here in a couple weeks. We'll get. We'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. It'll probably be five or six, just give or take. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah like a 5 30 ish maybe kind of like a terrible football show pretty much every show goes live about 5 30 ish then yeah hey we stay consistent yeah well, we got well we got one thing going on for us you know and someday we'll actually hit our motto of spark entertainment excitement every day we'll hit that sooner or later probably Eventually. later than sooner though <laughs> all right i'm gonna start turning down the music we'll go ahead and start having some uh conversations here about everything going on uh, before we really dive into stuff, we got a lot to dive into, honestly, yes. truthfully, because uh, we did take those couple weeks off. We're already behind the ball on these fall shows, uh, which is the greatest season of anime to ever come out this fall season, in my opinion. Uh, I've been it, seeing a lot of people say that with promoting it. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to promote it, man, I mean, because that's what it is. Um, but, I mean, anything that uh, you know, we want to shout out and chat about, shout out to the return that I never thought we would see. Mm. Hunter Hunter actually had a new chapter come out. I never yes, thought yeah, we'd see, I I honest to God thought we were going to see the unfortunate news one day of a passing, you know, and just never get a continuation. That's what I really thought was going to happen. So I'm, I'm glad to see that that is not the case and there is chapters still coming out. Well, sort of. We got the Hunter Hunter continuation and on the other side of that from the monthly magazine, or not monthly magazine, but um same magazine that Tokyo Revengers and stuff comes out in. Um, Ace of the Diamond Part 2 finished. Yep, Ace Diamond Part 2, and then Tokyo Revengers is about to finish. Yes. I, I feel like they got a lot to wrap up in a few chapters. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a messy ending. Do you think that too? Uh, maybe. Depends on how they want to do it. Yeah, because like the news came out this week that Tokyo Revengers is ending in the, with, within the next five chapters, and it's just like... Yikes, bro. I feel like there's a lot of plot points to try to wrap up in not even for sure five. It just said less than five chapters, whatever. So that's a lot of plot points to try to wrap up in that amount of time. But uh, Tokyo Avengers will also have three big announcements in the next three weeks on the October 27th, November 3rd, and November 10th. Obviously, one of those will be uh, the second season. The uh, Another one will probably be the next live-action movie that was previously announced, and I don't know what the other one could be. We'll see. Video game. Video game. There you go. From Bondi Namco. Exactly. Yep. No, but another thing, uh, what ended in Shonen Jump this week is the series I'd actually been reading, but we hadn't brought over, was Super Smartphone. That ended this week. Uh, yeah, that one didn't live long. No, but it's getting a graphic novel. Okay. 
Okay, that's that's interesting for a series that gets axed. Yeah, it, it it finished on a very strange note with a reveal, and it's just like the end. If you want to learn, if you want to continue the story, it'll be in the graphic novel. I was like, all right. Yeah, whatever. Oh, also, just so uh, we're still at the beginning of the show here, and I clarify myself, the new Hunter Hunter chapter comes out this Sunday. Has not come out yet. My fault. Okay. Comes out October twenty fifth. I don't read Hunter Hunter. I'm sorry. For any Hunter Hunter fans that heard me two minutes ago, like, oh, it doesn't come out yet. What is he talking about? I make mistakes too. But yeah, October All the 23rd. 40 year olds going, Hunter Hunter. What? <laughs> Basically. So Josh right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I just saw this. This was posted one hour ago from right now when we're recording at 5.27 p.m. on October 20th from the official Shonen Jump Twitter. Uh, new series alert starting this Saturday. Uh, it is another one of the spinoff Naruto series getting a manga adaptation. Kind of like you remember the um, the one where Osadra trying to go meet Sasuke? That little 12... Nope. Yeah, okay. Well, that was a thing. It was like 12 chapters. Okay. It was very good. And they also put it in Boruto. Um, and I don't remember what it was called. Like Summer, like Spring Blossom something. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, but yes, there is a new one starting this week. It's uh, Naruto Sasuke's story, the Uchiha and the Heavenly Stardust, the manga. Uh, the, uh, this was uh, a light novel, I'm pretty sure. And it's going to focus on, obviously, Sasuke and it's also going to focus on Sakura. So you're going to get a lot of interactions between the two of them. And there is dinosaurs, is it? Yep, there's dinosaurs. Yep. Yeah, honestly, like looking at the the, the lead cover, like w there's a raptor and it straight up looks like blue from Jurassic World. <laughs> straight like it has the blue marking, like straight up looks like blue. But yeah, apparently all the dinosaurs are just summons is what it is, which, uh, you know, there were some people like I saw in the comments just like for all the people like blown away by dinosaurs, like literally like. Kid Sasuke had dinosaur toys and stuff like dinosaurs is in this universe. You got fucking like toads, giant snakes, and demons and people and all sorts of stuff as summons. The dinosaurs not out of the question. I was about to say it really isn't. No. It honestly doesn't surprise me. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Somebody, there's yeah, some realm out exactly. there that's just dinosaurs. Yeah. So it, you know it is what it is. But uh, also shout out to today once again October twentieth. 23 years ago, One Piece first aired. Shout out to that. Quite the run. Quite the run. Uh, Zach, you got anything else you want to shout out, or shall we go ahead and get into stuff? No, I think we're good. All right, let's get it, because we, we got a lot to go over. Let's see. Uh, all right, so yeah, on the lineup today, uh, of course, we got My Hero, Season 6, Chainsaw Man, Spy Family, Blue Lock, Meme Quest, Gundam, and Bleach is on today's lineup, and then... Hopefully next week that Shinobi show, whatever it's called, will be on the lineup. We'll see. We'll see if it if it hooks me or not. But I will start off the anime chat here with a summer series that's been done for like three weeks now. But I went on vacation, haven't had a chance to chat. I'm not gonna like talk about it in full detail. But uh, summertime rendering a series that I watched over the summer. Uh, the finale did take place like right after we recorded the last episode. And it was a beautiful finale. It wrapped up in glorious, beautiful, tear jerking fashion. And I loved it. I loved every fucking second of it. This series is a damn masterpiece to me, and it's one of my favorite series of all time now. It wrapped up It wrapped up so beautifully. Everything about so it was, was beautiful. I assume you'll finally get that second box and just stick it right there next to your 86 books. Yep. Yep, get the second box to put somewhere up there. 
Yep. Up there. Yep. Put it up there. And uh, it's going to look great. Can't wait. But no, uh, it, yeah, it is a masterpiece. As I try to fix my camera now. Close enough. Yeah, that, that's fine. Close enough. That's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was, it was phenomenal ending. I feel the same way about this ending as I did about the 86 anime ending. But 86, I did feel a lot stronger on that. That was a peak, peak, peak beautiful ending. You know what I mean? Like, they did that ending so damn well with 86. Part one? Uh, part two. Okay. Yeah, perfect ending to me for 86. And Summertime, this one, of course, wrapped up the series as a whole. You know, that, you know, for 86, it just wrapped up that, that entire season, whatever. Uh, there's obviously more content, but this just wrapped up the series of Summertime rendering, and it was just perfect. Absolutely phenomenal. I would recommend go watching the show, finding a way to watch it. It will always be uh, something, a crime about this show. Uh, all right, now that I got that out of the way, uh, what, okay, uh, dude, there's so much where it's just like I never know what do we want to lead this show off with on a norm. Like, what do we want to what do we want to do here? There's so much. Uh, Spy Family. We can yeah, we can lead off with Spy Family today. Uh, you know, because we got the introduction of Bond, like full introduction. You know, he was teased in the you know, the first part. Uh, yes. you know, earlier this year, but I uh, got the full introduction to him and the fact that you can see the future and had a whole, you know, wonderful interaction between him and Anya trying to, you know, make sure bombs don't kill Twilight and stuff. And, it, 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 you know, it was some pretty solid content for those couple episodes. And then Bond ended up joining the family, which is, you know, super, it's super sweet, honestly, is the best way to put it. You know, Bond I, is a very entertaining character. See, and, like, for the people listening that, like, haven't, like, watched Spy Family or even read the manga that, you know, let's just say people that haven't read the manga, right, and are just watching, you know, the anime only, they're just like, it's just a dog. How entertaining can it be? Oh, he can be very entertaining. Trust us. Bond is literally another character. He's not just an animal yeah. that's there. But he is an actual character because there's several stories that are just focuses on bond yes bond bond has his times man he has his times dude i love bond bond's an adorable doggo that needs to be protected with our lives uh but i'm glad that we've got that full introduction of him now and part of the gang and stuff and already started to see you know like going to the dog park and stuff like that and seeing the impact that he's already gonna have like you know with his role in this show you know yes. i do I, I'm, I'm here for it i love it i love bond so much no, it's the, the dog barking scene of him, the other dog barking at yeah. Anya, and then him just straight up still chilling there. Yeah, just standing over Pushing him. him up. <laughs> when he's a coward. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it. Love Bond, dude. Also, I want to give a shout out as well. Uh, man, I, I love Bump of Chicken so much. Like, you Bump of Chicken is good. Like, this isn't like, you know, a top 10 anime intro of all time for me or anything, but dude, just Bump of Chicken just fucking crushes everything that they do. Like, like you know, even like when I first watched the first episode, I texted you, but I was like, it doesn't seem like it was such a hard transition from the opening of the first part to this part. Yeah. Because Bumble Chicken has tons of great music videos. And yep. I was just like, it just looks like animation studios went, hey, can we have y'all's animation and we'll just work on the series? Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> it looks like a bump and chicken, bump of chicken music video. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, the, I mean, I love, I do love the intro. Like I said, it's not like a top ten all time, but I mean, it's a very solid intro because it's bump of chicken. And bro, you're right. Just watching it, it's like you're watching a bump of chicken, you know, video. So, I'm, I'm, do, I, I'm, I'm here for this season. I am curious how far it's gonna go. You know what I mean? Cause it's only twelve episodes, right? Twelve or thirteen. 
uh, you know, I'm trying to remember in the manga, where would it stop at? It's not getting to the boat, is it? I mean, it may get to like an introduction of it. I know we're at least going to see uh, Twilight's uh, co-worker. Oh, yeah, true. Because she's made an appearance in the opening, the yep. purple-haired girl. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say, because the only like next big moment I could think of is the boat. So the only thing I could think is if they do something similar to how lead up to Bond is they sort of like do a tease mm-hmm. for it. I'll, uh, I, I Also, one thing that this is very random, but one thing that I know that will be in this season that I'm so immensely excited for, even though it's only going to be like a two minute sequence, but I just love it so much, is uh, the sequence of when Twilight's trying to take Yor out on a date and she won't sit down because she got shot in the ass. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah. that should yeah there should probably be an episode this season of twilight thinking that yours upset with him and he's trying to like be a, a good husband <laughs> yeah she went on a mission to get shot in the ass and she's in so much pain and she tries and when she does sit down twilight's like oh my god does she actually hate me because <laughs> she's oh, just we, invisible pain we might actually also get the episode of bond uh trying to help twilight so he doesn't have to be killed by uh yours cooking that's also true yeah that that one may also be in there uh man i'm excited for this season i am curious if it's gonna maybe end with the boat though maybe like the last four or five episodes be the boat you know because like i you know it's a bi-weekly manga so i'm having a hard time remembering what happens before the boat is it's been a while well, since we, i've read it because spy family is also really weird because we have very few overlapping stories like yeah there may be one or two chapter consistently like the whole terrorist and bombing things with the introduction of bond is like one of the few that spans like almost six chapters right yeah everything else is only one two sometimes three yeah you're right because like the only things that i can immediately think of where it lasted more than two chapters is like you said the bo- introduction of bond and the bombings the boat uh the <laughs> The fucking tennis match, if you remember that, that was not very long ago with him and his co-worker. Uh, yeah, huh. that was like four chapters. Uh, I was going to say, the only other big event the that I think of would be, um, which I think might have been before the boat, I can't remember if it was before or after, uh, was when they went to the parent-teacher thing. And it sort of focuses on Damien for a little bit and leads to... Uh, was that the one where it was focused on Damien and his friends? Yes. Okay, I remember that. I don't remember if that was before. that. That might be before the boats. So that might be this season. And I'm also thinking of when Twilight finally gets to meet a certain character at the school. Yeah. Okay. It'll be cool. I'm I'm here for it, bro. Uh, the more you know, throwing that out there makes me think that no, we're definitely not going to get the boat this season. I feel like boat might be a season two. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting. Is boat might be season two. Season two could be boat and backstory because that backstory was good. We just had that recently. It was the it was a bunch of point chapters. I really don't see us hitting that though. I mean, it would be no. Great I, I mean, they, next season. They, I'm talking about next season. Next season. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Like I'm saying, like next season, be like the boat and like that backstory and stuff. That'd be that'd be solid. Yeah, it, no, it would. That'd be solid for season two. Um. Okay. Uh. Where, man, where do we want to go from here? 
I mean, I can talk about Blue Lock. Cause did you watch that? Yep, I did. Let's let's jump to Blue Lock. Uh, so this one's pretty exciting. Uh, I think for both of us because like we don't know the source material, so we're like this I'm is about to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're about <laughs> to. Yeah, this is. Uh, wait, are you gonna read them long enough? Probably. Okay, then. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, this is one that we don't know the source material. So coming into this completely blind and just riding the hype for it of how great it looks and stuff, it makes it really exciting. Uh, no, the first two episodes have been very fascinating to watch. I'll, I'll put they really it that way. Have. I love like the one of my favorite things that I've already loved in the first two episodes, and I'm, I, I I can't wait to see how it's going to be explored upon more. Is how the anime, and I'm assuming obviously the manga does it as well, but how well and how beautifully visually appealing the anime handles the the monster aspect of things. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool. Um, you know, but to give some context on this, so you know, the premise behind Blue Lock is that it is a soccer anime, right? And yes. like the whole purpose of Blue Lock, it's basically like this giant facility, this project uh, is the better way to put it. Project facility, same thing in this case. Uh, where they're trying to find like the next big striker to re- in in soccer to help represent Japan to try to win a World Cup, not go to you know World Cup or anything. No, we, you know, we ain't about that shit. We ain't about bronze or silver, baby. We're all about the gold here. You know, they're trying, it's, and it's not even like the next best striker. It's literally they're going to create the best striker. Yeah, exactly, the absolute best. So like they've pulled all these different like notable like strikers across the country of Japan all into this facility to basically like hey you know and it's it's almost it's the way they have it set up and the guy that's leading it he's like they have like that sadistic vibe to it do what he's insane yeah he's absolutely insane he has an organization to his madness but he's straight insane uh straight up insane to try to find uh you know this ultimate striker you know everyone that's there is all ranked uh you know the 300 you know people are ranked naturally our protagonist and true anime manga fashion is towards the bottom you know like that's just how it goes in anything you know they're always going to be at the bottom we have to start from the bottom you know work our way up whatever um so he's at like 299 there's literally one random ass scrub that's below him and you know within the first episode they had you know x amount of characters i think it was what 12 they had 12 characters yeah they had 12 characters in a room and it was just like everyone's like you know there's a couple people trying to be friends and stuff like you see you know, like our protagonist, you know, meet up with another uh, soccer player who, you know, who is like considered one of the better soccer players in Japan that he's aware of, at least, or at least I guess in his region or whatever the case is. He's you know, a rising star. He's rising star. Exactly. Stuff like that. And, you know, he seems like a really nice guy. You know, uh, you know, that's kind of the vibe you get from him is that these, you know, protagonist this guy kind of become friends. He's like the highest ranking person in that room at like what? you know, 288 or whatever it was. I think and, it was 270. Yeah, way out, you know, around there. And they basically get put into a game where it's a game of tag with a soccer ball. It's like the person who gets hit is out. Or the person that's still tagged by the is time it? the timer's out, you know, who's still it when the timer's out, they are now out of blue lock, and they will never be able to join the, uh, the Japan team, national team. I did enjoy the... Um... The introduction of our mastermind here, I found how he like because like you've all been chosen by very strange and uh, biased reasoning. Exactly. Yeah. And then him, his just how how he likes to tell people he says lock lock off. And it, the series feels the yep. need to translate leave. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> lock off. Jesus Christ. Oh, but yeah, with this game of tag, whatever, you know, uh, eventually, uh, like a pro tag gets tagged at one point 
and you know he's trying you know he's he's unable to basically tag anyone right and you know someone else ends up getting tagged which i guess is going to be like our uh our our pretty much like i feel i feel like going to be our, our second main character barachi whatever yeah. Bar- how you pronounce yeah. his name uh, i don't know but no it wasn't that he got tagged pretty much um rmc more or less had a whole like change in characteristics because he's tracing yep. people down after he got tagged by that stupid monk yep uh for being a prick and more or less the monk's running around and he falls down and sprains his ankle or whatnot and mc has a chance to just slap him straight in the face with the ball and like at the last moment he's just like no this doesn't feel right yeah because- i gotta attack the stronger people and this guy who's just been chilling was asleep initially until he was about to get tagged and just kicks up kicks the monk in the face and goes the only rule was not to do handball. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He sees MC make his choice. He's like, I like you. Steals that shit and immediately runs at the person, the highest ranked person. Which is was, like uh, this other character we got introduced, the rising star. Yes. And more or less, he starts going at him. And in a IQ, 200 IQ play, he kicks it, bounces off the wall. The other character moves past him. And the guy, just without thinking, fucking... Upside down, back kicks it to MC, passes it, who's on the other side of the other character. And MC, with that great animation with the contrast of the eyes and the yep. how it flames and whatnot, just straight kicks it into his face. Yep. Eliminating the guy that, uh, you know, that he essentially became friends with in just this single, you know, ep- you know, uh, chat, you know, episode, whatever. And when it comes to this whole, like, you know, with the contrast of where, like, the main character where, like, the, the flaming eyes, like, that's, like, the monster that I referenced, yes. right? Where it's just, like... You know when the when the when the episode started, you actually get to see our MC in a soccer game where they end up coming up short, where he was coming up to try to do, do a, a goal, and instead of taking being you know aggressive and trying to go for the goal himself, he passed to a teammate, and the teammate just completely whipped it, and they they lost, they lost their chance to go to nationals or whatever it was, and the you know from that point on, he was questioning what would have happened if I just kept the ball and tried to pass it, and that that's the whole mindset behind Blue Lock and trying to find this top tier striker is. They want to find someone who's aiming to score, you know, and they start giving examples of like one of like giant egotists. Yeah. an egotist is what they want. And like our main, our MC is, is flirting with that line in this chapter before he just snaps in that moment. And he's just like, I want to be the best. And he's like, I have to beat the best to be the best. And that's when he just nails that dude in the face, which was hilarious, by the way, beautifully animated of him getting smacked in the face. But yeah, then we have the second episode, which is more or less just uh, shows off white-haired guy, gets eliminated, he gets booted out of the room, and the rest of the 11 become Team Zed. And more or less just goes through a training day, introducing each of the characters, MC observing that he's not at the same level as some of them at yeah. points. Yeah, like the jumping one where the guy's just like, are you, are you having an off day today? <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, that was my max. <laughs> <laughs> and then showing off how people are based on their rank. They get certain food and whatnot. Yep. They all get the same food, but their side dishes are different. Yep. Their side dishes are going to be like the better shit. If they're higher ranked and lower stuff yep. Him being one above the bottom rung, he gets Nato. Yep. Um, and more or less has an introduction chapter of sort of giving us a peek at each of the characters. Doesn't really go deep dive into any of them besides uh, our second um, Barbarashi or something like that. It's I would have to see it to be able to say it. Look, if 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 you're new to Animan Plus, just a thing, a, a 
thing to know. It's going to take me and Zach like four episodes to learn every character's name in these new shows for us because that's just how we operate. There was a or guy. We giving in, him a nickname. Yeah, there was a guy in Platinum Man who was named Mr. Sure pretty much until his death. And it really, he's still known as Mr. Sure. I don't know his name anymore. Honestly. I don't remember his name either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he Muka, is Mr. Sure. Is it like Mukaido or something like that? I don't remember. That might be it. Mukaido? I don't know. He's Mr. Sure. <laughs> we didn't know his know. name. <laughs> Yeah, it goes into a slight backstory of our second who references the monster yep. and how when he's in the game, he listens to the monster. And just like, at that time I passed because the monster told me to pass to you because he said you had a monster as well. Yep. Which and again, I did like I did like the animation, like you said, of the monster itself, taking yes. it, having this physical form in his mind. Yes, the, like the, the shadowing of it and everything, like the actual animation of how they're approaching this inner monster in our two characters here, I think is very visually stunning. And I'm looking forward to seeing how much more they're going to expand on it. You know, not knowing the source material. That's why I'm very yes. excited to see how much more of this, uh, of, you know, that we're going to get to expand on. Uh, and then with episode two, we're, we're set up for episode three where they're going up against uh, team X. Yes. And then we also do get a data or information spill of them yeah, going like, do. so every room, lost somebody so there's only 275 people left yep and there's five buildings with five teams and the building you're in is based on your rank starting from b to z mm -hmm. which z's at the bottom b's at the top so our entire crew is the bottom yep and they can increase the ranks based on their performance in games and, uh, and training and other things yeah, and, like, each building has, like, different, like, training facilities and, like, food you can get and stuff like that. Like, it's all just getting better and better as you go up and stuff. And then, um, my mind just went dead as I was trying to go on that spill about the buildings. Bottom line, you got the, you know, bottom line, you know, our MC is down towards the bottom. You know, he's currently ranked now 274 after all the performance stuff, so he's still second to last, essentially. Yeah, because after all the eliminations, there's now only 275 people. Yep, exactly. And then the end goal of this, which was mentioned in episode one, is that only the top five out of this program would be actually put on the Japanese team. True. Even though it says the whoever survives is would be the number one striker, he did throw in there the top five are guaranteed to play. Yep. And it was also interesting whenever they broke, were, were, they were breaking it down about um, them being on a team where it's just like a team of 11 strikers, 11 forwards. How the hell is that going to work? <laughs> and him just going, y'all are in y'all's box. The game originally was just 11 strikers. Yep. It was only after people couldn't deal with strikers, they started making plays, and he just starts getting examples. And it's just like, so play the game like it was originally intended. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, I remember where I was going to go on a uh, little tangent. Not tangent, but just continue on information. Um, so one thing also that I really liked about Episode 2 is it's a, it's a little thing, okay? It's a, it's a very little piece of detail that I really enjoyed just because, like, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, an anime or manga is going to completely ignore this and just be like, it's, a, it's an anime or manga. Get over it. It's fine. But, like, as we were watching Episode 1 and it's like, depicting what blue lock is my first thought is like yo these are all like a bunch of kids basically just get thrown in prison like like yep. their parents know what happened to them so i do like how in episode two they put that little bow on that when they were going over the blue lock uh project you know to the public 
talking about it, going in detail, which you also got to see one of the like the the eleven world heroes is how it was called. Uh, yeah, which was weird. Yeah, very weird. T- I guess eleven best players in the world. I don't know. And he's a midfielder. Yeah, he's a midfielder. He's from Japan, but like everyone else in Japan stinks. He says so. It's kind of whatever. But I do he like how for European team. Yeah, exactly. I do like how when they were going on the spill about you know, you know the uh, the blue lock and everything. There were even people asking about like you know trapping. The, it's like oh, we have parent cons- signed consent. I'm like. All right, that's a nice little nice little bow on to something that never gets addressed. <laughs> I don't bullshit on that, but after seeing MC's parents, I was just like, yeah, these are the kind of parents in the universe that they'd see his son's like, oh, my son's training in soccer that I don't know anything about? Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but, and also after that press conference, that, you know, that top player or whatever, they were trying to convince him to play for Japan. He's like, there's no one in Japan that can keep up with me. No, I'm going back over. I'll, he's like, I'd rather play with college kids in Spain than play here. So I don't give a shit that I'm born here. And everyone here sucks, basically, is the way he was putting it. And he was about to leave, and he happened to catch the press conference. And after that, he just, like, canceled the flight. I want to see, you know, you know, this great striker born before my very eyes, whatever. He literally says, I want to see what idiot has created here. Yeah, that's what it was. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much he's going to play into the Blue Lock story as well here. But, I would assume a bit, considering he has a nice just panel by himself in the opening. That is true. He does. He does. Which was sort of brings up a question for, for me, not knowing that it was like, so we're going to have all these strikers, but it is a soccer team of 11. And I know the whole thing is saying, well, if you have a striker, they're more or less doing the best offense is the best defense. Yeah. But how does it work for the other like positions? I wonder if the series ever goes into that, which I guess we have our midfielder who's one of these great 11 players, I guess, currently. So I'm just curious about the rest of the positions. Right, right. So you're probably going to read the manga now? Probably. Same same vibe that you got when you watched Tokyo Avengers. You're like, oh, yep, I'm reading this. Oh, no, if it was that, I'd already have started reading. Oh, that's fair. You did read Tokyo quick. <laughs> I literally watched the first episode and went, all right, to the computer. Yep. <laughs> I'm currently stuck in the... Uh, Lookism Universe, which is a webtoon series, which, if you don't know what this is, Alex, you may want to look into it, because it's more or less a webtoon MCU. Okay. Because Lookism's the original webtoon, but, like, six to seven other webtoons have spawned from it, taking place in the same universe. Some of them done by the same author, others just other authors. So, yeah, it's a webtoon MCU. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Because... And regardless of the series, it always ends up just everyone throwing hands. All right, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Because that series I showed you a shot of earlier, that's one of those series from that universe. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. And I, lo- and I love that series because regardless of which series I'm reading, I was like, there's no fucking police force. There's all these fucking teenagers and adults just fighting the fucking streets all the time. No one ever shows up besides more thugs to fight. <laughs> all right, yeah, I see it here. Forty-two point one million hits. That's pretty good. That's pretty it has solid. Has over four hundred chapters. Lookism does. It, and it looks. At, I'm assuming Lookism is still ongoing. Then. Yeah, yes. It is. Okay. And it has like multiple other offshoot series. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like viral hits, study group. Uh, mine. I'm currently reading Supremacy Quest. Oh, uh, I'll subscribe. Manager and, uh, Kim. We'll check Fucking it out. Manager Kim. <laughs> Oh, give that a subscribe. We'll uh, we'll give that a read. And we'll check it out. 
Um, okay. Uh, hey, let's hit Gundam. How how is Gundam? I, I haven't watched the prologue. I haven't watched the fir- any of the first three episodes. How is this Gundam series so far? So so far, I'm actually enjoying it after the three episodes plus prologue. Um, I'm not entirely sure what direction it's going yet because the last series, if I'm wrong, was Iron Blood Orphan. Yep, it was. Which was taking hard cues at sort of war orphans and yep. world politics and whatnot and, in that and universe. iron blood like i haven't personally seen it it's on my radar to watch at some point but like that's held as like a pretty damn good show it was fantastic um this one is taking it interesting because the prologue introduces us to our main character who's four years old at this time and this group that's building gundams using a system called gun arm which is more or less a interconnects person with cybernetics and mostly because people's bodies aren't able to adapt from space people who are earthens versus spaceins and more or less it's a company that's was originally making uh, arms and legs for people who are missing that stuff to adapt and be able to live out in space and whatnot and they eventually got bought up by the government became military towards gun using towards gundams and we're making gundams with these where you just pretty much inject yourself and, and it was having bad side effects where if people push too hard, they would outright die. And the prologue sort of introduces us to the group that's been working on it, our MC who's for, her family, and the government sort of taking a stance on it and how people are viewing these new Gundams using the gun arm system and that it's not going well. And leads to all this introduction and stuff to lead to uh, Dillard, who's going to be sort of our overarching CEO villain, uh, gets command of a new group of the government that oversees the creation of Gundams and sets all the guidelines, and him giving the speech and whatnot, while at the same time he sent a group, a private military group, it almost seems, to go kill all the people on the rock where they were working on the Gundam murders everybody in the station has a nice the music in this in a Gundam series is fantastic per usual right on and more or less sort of sets us all up for this and uh the MC and her mother managed to be the only survivors from this factory escape with the Gundam that the last Gundam they made because they destroyed the entire facility and whatnot then we move on to the first episode which it didn't tell how many years have passed by, but it's at least been 10 to 13, okay. give or take. And she's now, MC's now a teenager, and she was pretty much not introduced to anyone because she's super anxious. Like, the MC almost the entire time is always stuttering or looking around, like full on nervous and anxious ticks the entire time. The only times is when she's talking about her mother. Or when she's in a Gundam and about to wreck somebody's day. Um, more or less, it shows her going to this uh, academy, which is it hasn't really said what it, the academy's done other than it's involved with Gundam production. All everyone that's there is involved in one of the groups that are part of the big organization because the Dillard guy has made. More or less, he has a corporate empire, because anything Gundam, every single corporation is part of his group now, and they're ranked 
from like one to I think it didn't give an exact number, but the group that sponsored MC to go is like 195 and they're out of Mercury. So everyone there is some child whose father or parent or guardian has something to do with the upper of a corporation. And it more or less just goes through the introduction of the school itself, her and her Gundam Ariel. Uh, she meets our other female MC, whose name eludes me at the moment, who was trying to escape to Earth, because her whole goal is to escape to Earth, because her father's Dillard, and he's a bastard who decides everything for her, even the fact that there's a whole dueling system in the school, and whoever's the number one duelist, ranked number one duel, is her fiancé, and even gets a special emblem and suit on their school uniform, say that their fiancé. Because we meet MC, second girl who was trying to escape Earth and was just floating in space. She sort of hates the school and everyone there. Everyone knows her because she's the CEO's daughter. We meet her shitball fiance who's full uh, on the top. All of you are beneath me. He gets introduced in, in the middle of a duel and just wrecks some guy and acts all haughty. Uh, he shows up at Silver Hair Girls. Uh, but I forgot what they're called. Greenhouse, because she's growing fruits and stuff in a greenhouse, because she likes to do that. More or less, it's just a whole introduction to characters. MC fights Shitball. Shitball is all haughty, and there's a whole thing. Silver Hair steals MC's Gundam to duel. Shitball. Shitball is like, okay, sure. Rex her. MC is just like, why is she in my Gundam? Oh yeah, she stole my notepad. She borrows another girl's notepad who she met to ride a bicycle onto the field to then hijack her own Gundam to then duel Shitball and Rex Shitball, thus becoming fiance of Silverhair. And she's just like, but we're both women. He's like, she's like, Mercury must be conservative. This happens all the time here. <laughs> nice to meet you, fiance. <laughs> and that's how the first episode ends. Second episode consists of them all, of because again, is everything involved here is part of this big corporation that maintains Gundams and whatnot, and all the things. And um, more or less, the duel was recorded. People took note of it, and immediately got sent to higher ups. They arrested MC, impounded her Gundam, and more or less were having a trial for it. Silverhair girls more or less hears all this stuff and she sort of tries to do something, but because she's more of like she's just the CEO's daughter and has no real power, she can't really do anything. So she mostly runs around and tries to do stuff, but it just ends up being dead ends. We have another character introduced, Ethan, who's apparently very antisocial because he doesn't take in interest to anyone besides our MC girl now because he recognized what her Gundam, the system her Gundam has, which is illegal and shouldn't exist. So he has some interactions with her by taking her food while she's imprisoned. Um, we find out that she's from the Mercury and Mercury's a mining planet. And they reverence her as playing a possible witch because the group that was making the Gundams with the gun arm system were all referenced as witches now. It hasn't really gone into that other than just people like calling them witches. Um, she's being questioned all that. Silverhair's doing her thing. 
Chip Balls getting thrown apart by his father because his father, oh, his father tried to assassinate Silverhaired Girl's father by blowing him up in a ship. Jesus to try Christ. And, to try and make sure his father, make sure his son married her because if he killed the CEO, the dueling rules, I guess whoever next in power, he could have worked to get rid of the dueling rules. So his son would have been the final fiance for Silverhair. But that didn't happen since Shitball lost. Um, so yeah, he's going on to the son about he's, how he's a disgrace after losing that duel, yada, yada, yada. Gets the match voided. They have the trial. Um, this group who leads the sci science side technology group of Mercury, which is the group that sponsored MC Erie, is her name, which I haven't said yet. And just like, more or less just runs the trials just like, more or less, how can you say it's a Gundam? Well, how can you say it's not a Gundam? And more or less running a bullshit trial of like, well, you don't have enough evidence. I don't have enough evidence. <laughs> so is it a Gundam? Is it? I say it's a drones. You say it's a Gundam. <laughs> to the point where she just straight up takes up her arm because her arm's just all cybernetic and throws it to somebody. Yeah. Isles, in which I failed to mention. It also revealed in the prologue that Eerie's mother has a prosthetic arm, the gun arm, because it was her thing to help her live. It reveals in episode three that the lady who's running this group from Mercury is her mother. So her mother's just pushing this full well knowing that the Gundam's illegal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the CEO guy's just like, it doesn't matter. I say it's a Gundam. And she's like, but is it a Gundam? Yes, because I say so. It's done. But is it? Your daughter's being expelled. We're trash again. And then his daughter walks in and just starts badmouthing him. And he's just like, you think you have any power to badmouth me? It's like, you're just a child. Leave. <laughs> And, and she more or less goes on a rant of, "You always make the rules and bullshit." So I challenge you to a duel. Are you gonna? Are you an adult? Do you not take up your own representation of the rules you set? And I guess he accepts because then it just fucking cuts to her going to the prison and getting Eerie out. And they set up another duel between Eerie and Shitball. Um. <laughs> so, and everything the character saying makes it seem and assume that her father accepted the duel. <laughs> But it never said it? And more or less than Silverhair and Eerie have a moment and Eerie's just like, but there's tons of things I want to do while I was in school. And she just goes, they're like, I want to make friends, I want to tell people my nicknames, I want to study in the library, and I wanted to go on dates. Dates? Yeah. But if I get married, I can't go on dates anymore. <laughs> and She's wanting to live that like, normal life. Well, it's not gonna be anytime soon because we gotta wait till I turn seventeen, and you don't have to worry because my one goal is to escape to Earth. And then she's like, "I'll make you a promise. If you help me out in Winnipeg, we'll make this easy because you won't have to worry about me because I'll escape to Earth. You can go on as many dates as you want." All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chipball has a whole thing with his family. They give him a new Gundam. It's a higher end Gundam from their group. And they also install a AI to best judge uh, what to do in any kind of given situation. More or less him going like, can I not be trusted to do this myself? And no. his father's going, 
It doesn't matter about how we do it. It just matters about the results. This isn't just about a duel, son. You have to understand this. But, episode three, duel. Um, Eerie's back at the school after everyone's heard about the rumors of her cheating, using illegal whatnot, yada, yada, yada. She's still super nervous. She still hides behind people even when it's shitball. We have that sort of interaction. There's a whole... Oh yeah, I did miss. There was a subplot of characters who are Earthens and having being against Spaceins, and then Spaceins being against Earthens. Yay, racism! Um, <laughs> it's pretty much all it is. But instead yeah, of race, yeah. it's just Spaceins versus Earthens. Right, right. There's always a slight undertone of that somewhere in most Gundam series. I don't think Blood Orphan though. I think that one was a little different. But I digress. That's a whole thing. Eerie and Shitball eventually end up in the duel committee where they decide what they're gonna what's the stakes and whatnot, and they set up the match. Shitball's father more or less sets up rigs the entire thing. He gets a whole thing set up where it's the system ends up raining, reducing the usefulness of beam guns. Shitball literally can't control his mech. The mech literally does its own thing. Because at one point he literally just takes his hands off the handle because he can't he has no control over it. AI AI is literally doing everything. Um, Eerie's more or less having a hard time and going, what's going to happen? Silverhair's just like, don't worry, just hang on. I'll deal with this. She hijacks a mech suit, starts going full. <laughs> she can't drive a Gundam. It's established that. She literally bounces off the walls while she's trying to drive this mech thing. Figuring it out. Yeah. And she proceeds to leap from elevator cart to elevator cart to find the right cart, which controls the sprinkler system, to smash it open and turn it off. Which leads to Eerie winning. And uh, we do have a nice moment where she destroys the system enough. Well, no, she doesn't destroy She pushes the guy enough. He just punches his notebook thing, which had the AI in it, disabling it, takes control himself, and try to do one final move against Eerie for her to finish him off in her set. There's like, well, I underestimated him. And more or less her eerie and silver hair have a moment. She gets out of her cockpit when she sees Shitball climb out of his destroyed mech. Because there's not a single fight in this that where mech hasn't been destroyed. And she's like, I'm sorry, I underestimated you and everything. And he sort of grabs her hand and at the end of the episode just kneels down and is like, marry me. <laughs> and that's how it ends. So far, I've enjoyed the last three episodes. They're very entertaining. Right. How how much? Or I guess four episodes. So how much, uh, like serious, like world building are we doing? Like you know, plot wise and stuff like that. How how was the first few episodes done on that? So there is quite a bit. It hasn't gone deep into it, other than the fact that because like these these first few episodes you just explained sounded very heavy focused on characters with the touch of world building. Is that kind of what we're doing here? Yes, but there's a lot of undertones of which I sort of skipped over because we still got time to go to go through. True. I tried to make that as quick as possible, but all three of these episodes linked together, so it was sort True. of hard. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there's been some undertones of just like focusing on the proper management of the Gundams and whatnot, and more or less showing off this gun arm system, which was destroyed before it could come to its full realization which was supposed to be ideally revolutionized Gundams in the f going forward. And just more or less of the world that we've been set in at this moment in this academy and all the groups we've seen is solely controlled by Dillard and these, all these corporate groups that 
have some form or function in building Gundams, okay. and just that their rankings are based on tails yeah, and yeah. whatnot. It has not gone expand past just our setting we have, just the academy involved with the corporations. And that pretty much everything is decided with Dillard at the top. He has final save, pretty much, and that everyone's position is determined based on their cells and everything. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it's more so it's going heavy corporate, sorta. Rather than politics. Corporate politics, I should say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I plan on uh checking that out this weekend and grinding through that and the uh few episodes of that Shinobi, whatever it's called. Um, those are the last two that's kinda caught my eye. Well then two year eternity is about to start, so I got that to watch here soon. Yep. So anyway. Uh, okay, uh, I'll do I'll do Bleach next. Um, you know, only two episodes of Bleach so far, and I, I don't feel like there's a lot to dive into there, uh, because like it's it's Bleach. You know, we know this arc if you follow Bleach. Um, you know, this is like the first uh, episode was. Both these are just big setup for what's to come. You know what I mean? That it's it's just mid two thousands shonen anime. You know, shonen series yes. just. Hey, big setup for big baddies. You know what I mean? It's all the series did at the time. So it's fine. Yeah. It's it's it works. You know what I mean? Like you episode one, when you get a chance to get reintroduced to all of our uh, main our main four characters of Ichigo, Uru, um, uh, Sato, and Orihime. Um, you know, you get a nice reintroduction of them of whenever you see two Soul Reapers trying to take out some uh, some hollows and just get horribly and brutally just overpowered one of them getting killed and you know obviously our pro tags just wiping the floor with them as if they're nothing so just a nice reintroduction to our characters right uh then from there you uh you know just get them all kind of hanging out just you know those normal sort of like friend vibes that you know bleach is you know done pretty well on at different points between these four characters of them just vibing and chilling then just a random here comes a random new guy you know random new villain and he's just you know, butts into their conversation is staying on Ichigo's bed. And, you know, while he's sitting there trying to talk to him, Ichigo's just like, hey, get off my bed. And he's just like, do you care to repeat yourself? And Ichigo's like, I said, get off my bed. <laughs> and he, like, kicks him out the kicks him out the window. That's he, where everyone ends up, is on Ichigo's bed for Exactly. It's all in that room, dude. It's all in that room. That's where, that's where at least 30 or 40% of Bleach takes place, is in that room on that bed. Of course, Orihime was hanging around because she had to spend like f two, three years trapped in fucking Hueco Mundo. Exactly. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, kick kicks the dude out the window. Start a nice, start a nice little fight between them. And meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, this is where you start to see Soul Society get attacked. Right. Uh, you get to see. Um, I cannot remember his name, but like the head, the head dude of the of the Gotha Thirteen, whatever, the old man. Yeah. I don't remember his name. But you know, yeah, he you know he gets specifically attacked. Like his office gets attacked. His right hand man, um, Sakasibe, I think's his name. Uh, he gets killed. I forgot. It's been so long. Yeah, he he dies you know, here. After the Soul Society invasion arc, it became very clear that Soul Society security is sort of shit. Yeah, it's garbage. Absolute garbage. <laughs> like for for you supposed to be like the strong ass you know group of individuals, your security sucks the largest set of nuts on the planet. But whatever. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they get all invaded and basically while Ichigo is fighting this dude, they're getting invaded at the same time. And it, you know, and you know, it, the security thing, now that you mentioned it, that was actually mentioned. <laughs> I just remembered that was actually mentioned. Like the baddies that came in and head up to the, you know, the head man, it's just like, yo, 
your security really sucks. We got in here like it, like it was no big deal. And all he said was, I'm here. It's all good. <laughs> He's like, what's the point of security? I'm here. I don't like, need security. Oh, I can kill me. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just like, God damn, come on now. Your, your right hand man just died because of your lack of security, but whatever. You're here, I guess. <laughs> that works. Anyway. Uh, so, you know, you kind of see him just kind of shoo them off pretty quickly. And meanwhile, while that's happening, Ichigo is battling it out with this dude all around the city, whatever. You know, Ichigo is kind of entertaining him, basically, because the dude's very specifically trying to get, you know, prodding Ichigo and pushing Ichigo's buttons is trying to get him to use Bankai. And Ichigo's not doing it at first. And he's realizing, like, ah, he's, he's, he, I, I'm just going to go along with it. You know, I'm just going to play along here, you know, kind of mess with it. He's like, all right, whatever, sure. I'll use Bankai, I guess. So he uses it, and uh, the dude tries to do something. Ichigo is just like, all right, just slaps the shit out of him and completely obliterates him, and the dude's just like, why didn't his Bankai disappear? Ichigo tries to question him. He's like, what do you mean disappear? What are you on about? Uh, And then the dude just disappears before Ichigo gets to finishing questioning, which obviously that little tease, if you've read this part of the manga, uh, you know where that's going, obviously. You know, that's a huge plot point. I'm assuming for the entire arc, because I haven't actually finished reading the arc, but I've read up to where it's a major plot I was curious point. if you had finished it. No, I haven't picked it. Look, man, how I am on Bleach right now is how I was on One Piece. I read way too much in a very short period of time. I'm, I need, I'm, I've needed a break. <laughs> but like the point was, I made it to where I wanted to, and I made it to this arc. So I'm good for the show. That was the whole purpose, is that I made, it to, I made it so I'm good for the anime. Uh, but, uh, you know, episode, you know, that episode one kind of ends from there. Episode two kind of kicks off. And uh, that's when, you know, the gang gets a call with the one Soul Reaper they saved in episode one. Um, you know, they, they get a call. He just thinks it's like a, like a, just a general call, whatever. He answers it like, oh, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so group, whatever. But it's like an entire widespread call breaking down what's going on. You know, that oh, this was attacked. This many people died. You know, it's like Bay was murdered, this and this. A lot of shit's happening right now, essentially. Um, you know, so it kind of puts the gang in a bad spot. You know, they're all kind of like, a, you know, a little moody, whatever. Ichigo's just going patrolling to get his mind off things. And then good old Neil comes back in, or Nell, Nell. You know, Nell yes. just pops in from the sky, you know, which as as Nell is just falling down and crying for Ichigo, then it's all, the, all of a sudden super accelerating just hits Ichigo in the stomach, just down into a crater. So. Everybody's favorite hollow lolly mature woman transformation. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then it's basically that, one, that killed the internet. Whatever Nell turned into a full woman. I know, man, bro, for real. That's what I thought when I was reading it. I'm just like, what? Because I didn't know about that. You know, this is the, you know, I I went into Bleach very very blind. You know, the Soul Society yeah. arc was the most that I really really knew about. I knew of characters. I knew of certain things of the future arcs. But other than that, I was blind as shit. So when that happened, he, it caught me off he guard. He liked doing that because he caught everyone off guard when they first did with Yorichi. Because she was a cat for as far as we could start. Until yeah. so society. She turns into this full mature woman, woman who's apparently yeah. like in her late 20s, mid 30s. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kubo loves throwing those curveballs, bro. Um, so anyway, with Nell coming here, it's basically that, uh, Hukamundo is under attack and it's just asking for Ichigo for help, whatever you get introduced, you know, another, um, uh, what's, what, what's their name? Uh, the Anakars, is that their name? 
Yes. Okay, on a card. Just want to make sure I pronounce right. I'm just top tier at pronouncing things on this show, obviously, if you've listened to the show. You're also asking a guy who watched Bleach, like, almost a decade ago. I mean, I'm still trusting on you on these things, man. You're, you're the one that pronounces stuff for me. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's just kind of the situation. It's like, all right, yeah, clearly we're going to go help. You know what I mean? Like, And throughout, like, episode one, as well as, like, this episode, you're getting those teases of what this new antagonist group is. Because, like, even when Ichigo was fighting this dude, like, he thought he was in, you know, Anakar because of the mask that he was wearing. You know, he had it on his face. That's what he thought. And the dude got immediately insulted when he asked it, when he said that and didn't say what he was, but he clearly had, like, the little uh, bracelet thing, you know, like a Quincy. And that's where Ichigo started kind of putting pieces together that, oh, shit, this guy's probably a Quincy, I guess. But it, it, Ichigo didn't officially, like, hammer it. Oh, yeah, you're 100% a Quincy, even though he's clearly a fucking Quincy, but whatever. Um, you know, and well, it, from each goes mine as far as he's sure. Noah's the only Quincy still alive. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you know that that and that's kind of like just little tidbits of teasing throughout these first two episodes is like further establishing that oh, you know, our antagonists are Quincy's. You know what I mean? Like you get in, you know, introduced to the main main antagonist, uh, and sort sort you know some of his other kind of underlings and stuff like that uh, in true like Bleach fashion where it just kind of introduces everyone all at once sort of sort of vibe. Um, you know, and whenever it comes time for, um, uh, you know, you, you know, they're kind of breaking down everything that's happened in Hukumundo with like the leader of Hukumundo got completely just demolished already. So there is no leader over there right now and everyone's just getting killed or taken prisoner or whatever the case is. You know, the whole gang's just like, well, except for Uru, you know, Uru's just like, you know, Hey, I'm a Quincy. I can't help Hawes. Can't help. I can't help, uh, Anakar. Sorry. You're I'm out. Deuces. Um, which also I want to, I want to shout this out. So I have not watched Bleach. Since it aired, like way back in the day, during the Soul Society arc, right? Mm-hmm. So when I turned on this, I have not watched anything Bleach in that amount of time. So ten plus years, right? I had no fucking clue that Uru was voiced by the voice actor of Sasuke. Had no clue. Yep. That is just a a very happy Sasuke that's talking up front. That is the voice I hear is Sasuke, but very pl- but more of an upper tone Sasuke. Sasuke is very dark and mellow. Meanwhile, Uru is just like kind of normal and kind of bright spirited. <laughs> Fun fact, though, both their families were killed. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing in a lot of similarities with this voice actor, the characters he wants to voice, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, you know, they're, they're going to gear up to go. And then obviously, uh, God, I can't believe our, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, God. Orhara. Orihara. I can't believe I forgot his name. Orihara? Yeah, Orihara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's peeping into the conversation as well, where he's, you know, he's setting in, obviously, you know, Ichigo's window right there at his bed, where all the conversations always happen. He's like, oh, you guys are having a pretty interesting conversation. Do I need to set up a path to Huko Mundo? It's just like, why are you here? <laughs> uh, he's like, I was waiting outside your window for the perfect opportunity. <laughs> that is something he would do but he also did point out he's just like it's kind of hard not to notice you know a couple anacars just popping in out of nowhere so i just wanted to see what was going on uh but anyway they did they end up getting to hukumundo where it's like you're seeing like everyone just like murdered and just demolished and basically being taken prisoner essentially you know like the, the main like you know bad guy at this current moment this quincy whatever is just lining a bunch of people up and stabbing them one by one where he's just like oh yeah we'll take some of you back with you know with, with us but you got to show us a little something whatever so like the first guy step is like if i agree to work with you will you spare and he just gets a spear through the stomach he's like nope we're not doing that and he just starts 
stabbing them one by one, murdering them before you finally get two people actually step up, try to fight. They get smacked down. He's like, we're going to take these two prisoners. The orders were if we t- if we find anyone stupid enough to try to fight back and have some spunk, we'll bring them back with us. And then, of course, you know, just remembering this arc, I never read it, but hearing about it, it just still hints to me that this army that's attacking one, it's just a Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Next episode will be pretty legit, though, because uh, this episode ended with Ichigo and this uh, current head Quincy would ever have a nice little stare down. So next episode will be good. Uh, but, I mean, it's cool to see Bleach come back. You know, I'm not the diehard Bleach fan like our friend uh, Diaz is or anything. I'm not a diehard Bleach fan like a lot of people are on the Internet. You know, it's, a, it's an entertaining series for sure. And I understand why it's considered one of the big three and everything. Uh, but I'm, 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 I am excited for this, uh, I guess, this part one of this season since it's divided into, what, four parts, I think is what it was. Yeah, that's what they yeah, said. Yeah, four parts, I think a grand total of 52 episodes. So, I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. It's going to be a good time. Uh, next up, uh, Chainsaw Man. Did you watch it? Nope. Are you going to? Maybe. I just know the internet and Twitter blew up about the fucking opening because somebody took the time to do shot for shot of yep. uh, films. Yep. The anime opening is literally just different films. Like straight up. And if you wanna like if you want like a perfect way to look at Chainsaw Man, just go watch that opening. Like if you don't if you've never read the manga for Chainsaw Man and you don't and you're just going off the hype that everyone else has for it going into this anime season, just go watch the opening just to get a mental grasp of how fucking wild this show is and how just yep. absolutely insane and off the wall it is because that's exactly what it is like the, the series has the amount of hype that it does because it's so insane it's not like it's a peak fiction in terms of its story it's not up front but it's just wild that's what makes it entertaining it's just wild and stupid you know because like you know the first episode get the full introduction to Denji and is how miserable and terrible his life is you know to the point where now he, you know, he owes all this money to this, you know, this, uh, this gang because of his deadbeat father who killed himself to get out of it and then went on to dingy. So it's just like, it really depicts just how miserable he is, but he's still like, he's still like bright spirited because he like, he has like these dreams that he knows he'll never accomplish, but he would really like to, like, I would like to hook up with a girl before I die. Dingy has very low, low goals. I want to stress and this. And then he meets some, strange looking puppy with a chainsaw blade sticking out of it and he's just like porch yes porch stuff yeah that's his, that's his best friend who is absolutely precious and adorable i really want the plushie i really want the <laughs> i really want the plushie for porch stuff but yeah and basically the, this devil you know he just takes him on as a pet you know they they they're both like kind of bottom feeders is kind of how they view themselves so they just kind of you know they they run together you know they're they're, they're best friends that's like his little doggy well, anyway, he uses Porsche, you know, obviously since he has a chainsaw to do some devil, you know, devil hunting to get some uh, extra cash to try to pay off these debts and stuff. And, you know, that again, further depicts where just how miserable he, his life is, where he kills one devil at the beginning. It's just like, all right, Denji, I'm going to pay you this. And Denji's like, all right. And then he's like, and then the guy's like, okay, but after this and 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 after this, that leaves you with 1700 yen. Have fun. <laughs> and then he still went yes yeah basically i mean even when the dude like uh you know that that same boss dude and like his lackey came up and drove up beside him the lackey's like hey i'll give you like 25 yen or whatever it was if you you know swallow the cigarette and then he's like oh for real and just eats the cigarette 
you know, you'll, you'll do it. But like, that's also like the interesting thing about the character is that it's a very relatable character, right? In a few different ways because of how low his goals are, where he just wants to live that normal life. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what makes him a very relatable character for a lot of people that have read the manga is that like he just wants to live a normal freaking life because he's been like enslaved throughout his whole life. You know, he gets set up for another, you know, devil hunting scenario and then ends up, you know, the mob turning against him, whatever. You know, they signed, they made a deal with the zombie devil. You know, Denji does die here, but then he's revived thanks to Portia basically becoming his new heart and reviving him now as, the, as Chainsaw Man. Which, again, you know, this is, you know, for the Chainsaw Man stuff is, you know, CGI animation. And it does obviously stick out as you would expect. It is CGI and then regular animation happening at the same time. Kind of like what Dragon Quest will do. Yeah. Uh, but this one is a lot better than what Dragon Quest does. Um, but it, it sticks out, but it's still great. It's still very visually appealing. It's cool. The music is very over the top and intense. Kaga Sabuki Bisco and how wild that music can be you know, in wild scenarios. So, I mean, it's still all, it does everything that you would expect Chainsaw Man to do if you've read the manga, uh, which also at the end of this episode introduces you to Makima, who's going to be a major character throughout this series. And also shout out to the fact that I saw a dude tweet earlier who, I don't know if it was a troll. I'm assuming it's not. They do seem to be an anime only viewer. It's just like, you know, Makima and Denji is my new anime, my new anime uh, favorite couple. You know, their first date was so cute, whatever. And then like hours, I noticed that his follow-up tweet Hours after the fact, it was just like, uh, it was, everyone was, he, he said, why is everyone saying, does he know? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I lost my shit when I saw that. Because as soon as I saw that initial post, I'm like, oh, I got to read these comments. <laughs> <laughs> Makima and Digi are my new couple. Everyone who's read the manga. Does he know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Episode. Let me tell you a story, son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when Makima comes into the picture in episode one, and, you know, and she's there with Dingy, whatever, hugs Dingy. She's got Dingy on her lap and stuff. And you know, d again, Dingy has just lived such a shit life that his bar is so low, where she wants him to come with her, and he's just like, "What's for breakfast?" And she's like some toast with some of jam and this and that, you know, very basic breakfast. Right. And then he's like, that sounds awesome. Let's go. <laughs> I'm sure it was animated. Cause I remember like in the first chapter, there's a point where Dingy's literally sleeping in a dumpster. Yes. Yo, that, that's when he died. Yeah. He was in the dumpster when he died. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was just thrown in the dumpster, all with a separate body piece. And that's where Portia revived him. And Portia, when Portia revived him, you know, keep mind, he, Portia is, is a devil. The deal that was made was Porch just wants to see Dingy's dream come true. That's it. Show me this dream that you have. That's it. That is literally all the deal is. Uh, which, you know, even Dingy points out in the second episode that he feels like he's already living his dream because he's getting to live now a cushy life compared to what he had. He gets baths every day. He gets good food. You know, he gets to hang around Makima, who's really hot. And he is like, you know, he's living the best life right now in his mind. He's living his dream. You know, and, you know, once we get into episode two, you further get to see that dynamic of Makima of where episode one portrayed her as like this super sweet girl that like you're going to fall in love with as a viewer. And then episode two immediately starts planting those seeds of, damn, she's a uh, she's she'd be a little sadistic, you know, where she's, you know, basically saying, like, oh, you know, uh, I only need a dog that's going to be obedient. You know, I expect you to answer to everything that I say with yes or woof. Which obviously Dingy does get some wolves here in this episode. You know, he he's a simp. He's here simping at his best simp life, especially when it because whenever they got some food, you know, he got to have some udon for the first time in his life. 
you know, uh, he's very low on blood because of, of from going, from, you know, Chainsaw Man mode, whatever. And uh, he, he keeps, like, passing out and stuff. And she's like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And, you know, he's got the udon for him. She's like, can you eat, you know, the food on your own? He's just like, yes. And he stops. He's like, no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts feeding him the food. Remember, and that was the shot of, oh, their first date was so cute. It's like, oh, does he know? Uh, but also this episode, you get the introduction of, of course, uh, Aki. Uh, so you get that yep. introduction, his interaction with Dingy, which is pretty entertaining, of where Dingy kicks him in the nuts, I think, eight times. Eight times, gets a kick in the nuts, uh, which you know Dingy points out that he's like, I'm only going for the nuts, man. That's all I'm going for. And after he just continues to kick the dude in the nuts over and over again, Aki's on the ground. He's just like, he starts to kind of get up. He's like, you really did only go for the nuts. <laughs> he just passes out. <laughs> And whenever uh, you know, Dingy brings Aki back to the office, whatever, to Makuma, Dingy just says, like, he was attacked by the nut devil. <laughs> and Aki's like, oh, this son of a bitch is lying. He's full of shit. Oh, and now then we get introduced to Power. And Power is, I almost forgot how, like, wild and crazy Power was, because it's been so Power's long. ridiculous. She's insane, man. Uh, you know, Power and Dingy get paired up together uh, to go, you know, you know, as per of Aki's designation of this special unit that they're a part of, where Makima further points out that this is a very experimental unit. You know, if you guys don't get results, you're both going to die, uh, you know, per the higher-ups, and this unit will be disbanded. So get results. Uh, Power and Dingy specifically are, like, paired together to go patrolling and stuff, and this is where you get to really see Power just, like, be psychotic, where she just wants to kill, she wants blood, you know, she t- she starts to smell, you know, smell like a devil, whatever, and she goes taking off. Then she's trying to run after her, and Power just jumps off a building, summons her giant blood mallet, and just crushes, you know, sea cucumber devil is what it was, and just starts like, yeah, this victory was mine! And just, Does it show off Power's secret in this episode? Uh, no. Okay. No, not yet. And meanwhile, after she's sitting there just screaming to the heavens that she got the kill, you just see Dingy stand on top of a building just like, he doesn't say anything, but you know the only thought going through his head is this bitch is fucking crazy. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's been a it's been a solid first couple episodes. I really enjoy the opening though. I'm dead ass serious. If you want to just get the general vibe of Chainsaw Man, go watch the opening. And I do actually really appreciate the different outro every single episode. That that is a very nice touch. I do very much enjoy that, that they're taking that approach. Honestly. Damn, to have funds to get a different outro. I know, Every right? Episode. Yeah, Fuck. I know. That's insane to me. But uh, all right, next up, uh, we'll hit my hero. Dan, I'm gonna let you finish off with your meme quest. We're almost done. You know, that way you can speed run through that when you hit the chapters. But anyway, uh, my hero, uh, season six, episode three, or just one sixteen as a whole. So we are officially like full blown in the war right now. Yep. We got a kick ass episode of Miracle doing her thing, uh, going up against the dock and stuff like that, which also shout out to the English dub version of that because it is different of whenever Mirko busts in the room and finds the doctor, right? Like in the in the, in the the sub and in the manga and everything, it's just like, oh, you must be the real one, right? And, you know, that, and whenever she says you must be the real one is the shot of her talking so you can visibly see her saying that. But in the dub yeah. version, when she busts in the room and it's focused on the doctor, Mirko is talking over that as an overlay where yeah, a nice little plug, nice little joke of what's up, doc. So I thought that was that was funny. Shout out to the English dub for throwing in that little Looney Tunes reference. I thought that was humorous to me. Uh, but yeah, kick ass episode focused on Mirko. And then the last episode was, yeah, that was a. Uh, you know, Diaz hit me up about this episode and what happened with it with uh, with twice. 
And I told mm-hmm. him, I hadn't watched it yet when he hit me up, and I told him that if they did the manga justice, which I thought they would have, they were going, it was going to be insane. It was going to be a very beautiful, heartbreaking, oh, it was a fabulous heart- episode. It was great. It was incredible. Because, like, yeah, that was what Diaz hit me up about is that it was just, like, tearing at your heartstrings. I'm like, if they even do that scene from the manga even half its justice, it will. And it was. Yeah, that was that was a great episode focusing on, like, Twice and everything that happened to him. And then, you know, obviously Dobby the and Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, you know, Haw- you know, Dobby, you know, throwing out Hawks' name, which kind of, you know, stopped him up a little bit. He's losing some feathers from getting burned and shit. But, I mean, I've enjoyed these first three episodes to really kick off this giant war. You know, we got to see... Um, Electric, electric kid. I'm forgetting his name. Kamiya. Kamiya. Yeah, thank you. We get to see him actually be like doing something and not just yeah. After he gets like over overcharged and stuff, which that's cool. That character development and everything of how much further he's grown with his quirk. He's and grown literally as a just being a lightning rod. Yeah, just that's literally all. He's that's doing. all he's got to do. That's all he's got to do. But like you know, the fact that he's not just like yeah. Yeah, immediately afterwards like shout out to him for that but i mean what what are your thoughts on these first three episodes because i thought they've been phenomenal i can't wait for the shit to come throughout the rest of it i mean they've been all phenomenal episodes considering how what we got for season five so we were all sort of just like season five's here we're all waiting for season six yeah it's just like season- yeah we were done with season-, season five before it started and season six is here and i mean they've done every episode justice so far especially this episode with twice and looks like First half, it was this their initial assault on the fort of the paranormal, whatever. Paran- I forget what their uh, name was. Paranormal Liberation Front. Yes. And more or less them attacking and whatnot. And sort of having all showing off the heroes as well as several of the students, each having getting a nice little moment here on the opening attack and whatnot. Like Kamiya, yep. the Mushroom Girl, and Mud Man. Yep. Uh, Tsukiyomi letting out Dark Shadow to just fully wreck an entire staircase also i love the destro i I was about to say i love the reaction from redestro which is like we're being attacked there's a ton of heroes and he's still just like huh (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like what excuse me (laughs) we're surrounded redestro huh (laughs) starts transforming yep because i like i like how they somehow miss the building getting split in half and they're still just killing downstairs it's going Hmm. Wonder what huh, that was. They're late. Yeah. Wonder, wonder what's taking. We probably wonder, should be here soon. Wonder what's taking so long for this. We have an important <laughs> meeting. Um. And then it also has a nice shot of Edge Shot and Midnight yep. doing their thing and Simitas. Just every overall. I mean, but the main second half, which actually probably a third of the most of the episodes, is focusing on Twice and Hawks and their sort of interaction of Twice. Just him going in a pit of despair. Just it's always my fault. I'm always bringing terrible things to them. Him just full pushing and just like I don't care what fucking happens. I gotta split and help everybody. Yep. Which that was, was top top to, top to bottom. Just very heartbreaking. The whole situation of just like twice feeling like such a failure that everything happens because of him. But then also mm-hmm. on the flip side of things, like you know Hawks legitimately wanting to help the guy, but he just happens to be a villain. You know, he's yeah. just like, if you just surrender, I swear I will help you get back on, you know, continue your life. You know what I mean? Like, I, you're not a bad person. But, like, obviously, Twice is like, fuck you right now. You know, and that's essentially what his say, mindset. Twice already had his revelation moment the previous season when they were fighting. 
League of Villains and realizing that the only people he can really trust are the League of Villains friends. Yep. And that he's willing to do anything for them. Right. And just having that whole build up of him and then Dobby showing up just like, hey, Hawks, I never trusted you. Fire. Yeah, basically. It's like, it, you know, Hawks is number one weakness right now. Which yeah. Hawks will get fucked up. Like, probably next chapter. <laughs> next episode. And then Dobby just doing his thing to just be like, go do your thing twice. I got Hawks. And just him not having Hawks. <laughs> not having Hawks at all. Hawks is outsmarting them. And then we have that heart-wrenching moment of where twice does manage to make a clone to stab a hero in the back and save uh, Toga. And, Mr. and uh, Mr. Compress. That's yes, yeah. Mr. Compress, who I don't think of him as Mr. Compress after something that we find out in the yeah, war about true, him. True, true. So true. I always think of him as something else now. True. Um, he saves them, and we have just this heart wrenching moment of him apologizing to the two of them and Toga and everything, and having that moment of him giving her back her handkerchief and him just slowly melting right there yeah. as he's dying. Yeah heartbreaking bro because hawks cut the fuck out of him. yep which was a very nice shot how they did it leading up because out of the, see the out of the hawks smoke. coming out of the flames yep. and doesn't show anything all you see is just a spurt of blood yep that and then that get the whole yeah that shot of hawks coming out of the, the flames looked sick dude yeah then just finishing with that spurt of blood then switching over to toga and mr compress yes that was, was just, that was such a good transition, honestly. Because even then, because even by the end of the episode, it still never showed twice his full body. The last thing we saw was just blood, his hand, and his hair. Yep. And then just that whole moment of the, everything of him just... The mud clone just falling apart. Yep. So so depressing. <laughs> and I ended up... And I ended that episode and I was like, Ah, the deaths begin. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't say that, Zach. <laughs> I was like, we already got two. <laughs> I'm so pumped for this season, dude. This season is so damn good. This will be the best season of My Hero Academia, and I'm so excited for it. Probably. Uh, all right, Zach. Do your thing, I guess. 99. What's uh, we're almost done. What's what's happening, I guess. So, last last time we were here, it was Vern looking into the sunset, laughing with a sword in his chest, going, my plan is complete. Everyone will die. Um, so, through what I called, through the power of bullshit and friendship, um, actually, I lied. We actually went past that episode where people were escaping and managed to freeze towers and bullshit. But, um, through the power of friendship and other bullshit, um, Diamond Pop managed to get up some nerve and start attacking King Vern and Vern being like, what the hell are you doing? So what? You got a couple friends running around. They're not going to stop everything. How can you keep fighting? Him talking bullshit. Mm, not ma'am. Leona. She manages to cause the jewels that everyone's trapped into to move and start floating around and smacking the shit out of Vern and him going, what is happening here? These jewels shouldn't be moving. Why are they attacking me? Him really, Leona's done something. He frees her from her gym. The gym's falling. He's going, how'd you do that? What are you doing? He's like, ah, you have that. 
and rips off her blouse. Um, <laughs> stealing what was inside her blouse is Gomechan, the golden slime that's been following Dai around since episode one, which turns out to be not a slime, but a legendary item called the Tear of the Gods, which can grant anybody's wish who is will who is holding it as long as the wish isn't evil in nature. So since her wish was to move the jewels to help Dai and Pop, Gome proceeded to move the jewels and smack the shit out of Vern. <laughs> um, so yeah, Vern reveals that uh, Gome-chan is not a slime, but an idol and all this bullshit. And they're just like, no, he can't be a slime. He can't be an idol. He's a slime. He's like, yada, yada, yada. I can't let this in the hands of the heroes. Cry. Right before them going, Gome is our friend. Don't kill him. What about Vernon? All this would make you believe shouting that would save him. But fucking go ahead. And he's just like, <laughs> no, cry. Gomez explodes into many particles of slime, dies diving. One hits his hand, thus he gets transported into a mine realm for him and Gome to the island, and him just went, we're here, Die, at the island. I was always with you. I was glad I met you. This was the purest place in the world. And I was just like, no, Gomei-chan, you're my friend. Do you remember the wish? Wish? Yes, the wish, child. Apparently, Dai, as a young child, found the tear that was Gomei, and just the one wish he made was like, let's be friends. Thus, the tear turned into a slime, and they spent many a years playing together as slime and child. I hate this series. <laughs> So we have a whole episode about just trying to make you sad about this slime dying. And we have a whole moment where they're in the air of the island after seeing it again. And Gomez flying off with sprinkles and dies. She's like, don't go, Gomez! Don't go! And Gomez's like, with the last of my power, I'll do something for you, die. It's like, what do you want? I want us all to be united. I want to unite the hearts of everyone in the world. I got you, die. Bye, die. I hate this series. And Gome disappears. Dai comes back to reality. He's laying on the ground. Pops in shock. Leona's got her face in all anime waifu style of about to cry. Have the rest of that episode, by the way, she has her, her hand is holding up her blouse because since Vern ripped it. Right, right. They have to censor it. Um. So yeah, there's that whole thing. Um. Which leads to Gomez finishing the wish, and everyone in the world is now connected in mind, like Pop and Meryl was, and everyone's talking to them through their minds, like, We know everything now. We know everything that's happening. We got you, Die. We'll hit all the other towers. So, literally, every other fucking character we've ever met in the series is now going to the towers and stopping them. Like, I fucking call. Oh, if it just be uh... like, Yeah, this is bullshit. I could just activate this one. Let's do this. He goes to activate it. This is a new episode, by the way, now. Um, he does it. Nothing happens, because the heroes and all their uh, encounters have managed to stop it. We found out the fucking shitball mage, who was part of the fake heroes party from barely on the series, is actually the brother of Makarov. Not Makarov. Other Makarov of Dragon Quest, who's the teacher of... Uh, Pop. Yeah, we find out he's his brother for some reason that has a whole moment, and it's just like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, they manage to stop the last tower. doesn't explode. Everyone has their moment, and Vern's just like, why is it not exploding? 
He was like, ha, everyone stopped you. He's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to just kill you, and then I'm just going to blow him up anyways. <laughs> and I just like, I got this. I don't know what, there's only one thing I can do. Leona, wrap up everyone's jewels and hold it tight. So in a magical cut, Leona managed to tear the rest of her blouse, turn into a bag, and give herself a bikini top. <laughs> And Every, all I can everything think is, you're talking about is just killing me on the inside. <laughs> everything all I can think is about. You have time to do that? I mean, I understand we're like some monologue and just stand here for this bullshit, but what? Um. So yeah, Die reveals his big plan is he's going to go Dragnoid like his father did. He was going to take the two crests, move them to his forehead, and go full Dragnoid. And uh, he's like... I need y'all to leave. I don't want you to see me like this because I'm going to become a monster. I don't know if I can control it. And Pop just being like, Pop and like, don't worry, Di. Regardless of what you will be your friends. We'll stand with you. And we're just being, nope. <laughs> Opens up a hole, sends them to the heart of the Vern Palace and just shuts that shit. It's just like, all right, Di. Let's throw hands. Um, Which precedes the last episode, which I love. The last episode of episode 99 is Victory by These Hands. Jesus Christ. <laughs> About to catch these hands, son. Here we go. <laughs> Pretty much. So half this episode is Pop and crew, who have now been released from the jewels because Vern has to focus solely on die, so it releases the magic. So everyone weak as fuck is in the heart of the King uh, Palace now. Like, a large majority of this episode is these fuckers trying to come up with a way to escape it and just hitting it and just like, nothing's happening. It just keeps regenerating. And they're just going, we have to use Aura. Aura is the only thing that's damaging it. So we have to use a big enough Aura Blast to beat its regeneration. And he's just like, I got one idea. He's like, what is it, Pop? Grand Cross. Hunkle can use Grand Cross. But he's too weak. He can't use it. He's like, you're right. But who's the one who taught him? Avon. You can use Grand Cross, right? He's like, oh, you've caught me, Pop. Of course I can use Grand Cross. So just let me take a moment and do It's like, you can't do that, Avon. What do you mean, Hunkle? You can't do that. Grand Cross is a final attack. But you use it all the time. Yes, because I'm special and I can manage to do it without killing myself. And I was just like, he's right. Here's the final attack. I'll kill myself. He's like, why then? And then him over here, he's just chilling. He's like, I got this. I'll use Grand Cross. <laughs> Starts doing a build. I was like, you know what? I like, pe I like humans. I like you people. I'll do this. And I'm just like, don't do it, him. You'll die. Blast zoom. He doesn't die. He just loses his arms, by the way. Um. So they all escape. They meet all the other people who've been on the outside. Just like, oh, you're safe. We're having this moment. And I'm just thinking, but Die's still fighting. Why the fuck are y'all having this moment? And then the blacksmith rolls up. And he's just like, where's Die? Somber mood. He's still up there fighting. Well, yeah. Go back to Die and Vern. They're up in the palace. Full fucking Planet Namek vibes. They're <laughs> flying in the air, just punching the shit out of each other. Full Dragon Ball Z. The entire palace is just crumbling all around them. And which, it's night now. The palace is crumbling, but with how they've done and everything, Siri, and more or less just looks like they're fighting in the fucking galaxy rather than just a night sky. Because there's just ruins from They're jumping between, right, fighting yeah, each yeah. other. They, put, they sort of do an attack that splits them. Dice just like, oh. <sighs> 
Vern's not dead. I need to find Vern. Boom! Vern's just going, shit, he's strong. I can't, if I only had my other arm, I could beat him. It's like, maybe not with my other one arm, I could beat him. I can only do one thing. Hand and eye, rip some shit out. Then the fucking dragon thing that's locked away in hell is just like, oh shit, Vern's using the secret power of the prison eye. That foe must be fucking powerful. Alright, goes back to work. <laughs> he re-transforms into another, <laughs> bigger self. He's now a fucking superior being thing, which looks like his fucking castle. And he's now just fighting guys like, alright, die. I'm ready to slap best with you. I was like, shit, you transform? Okay. They do a fist fight. It's like, so this is your true body. No, you idiot. My body's here. This is just a thing I put my body on top of to fight you. Okay. Continue to fight. Dai and him slap around each other for a bit. Dai's losing. Dai uses his Kamehameha. Hits Vern. Doesn't do shit. And it sets up for them to have their final fight with Dragonborn, Dai, and Giant Stone Mecha Vern. I hate, I hate this fucking show. I hate this fucking show. Thank Christ it's about to end. One episode left. And here to think, two years ago, if you just say it out of the script after like episode three, I would have never watched this <laughs> I blame myself every day. Every time I have to listen to, about this show, I blame myself more and more. Because I was thinking that I was watching episode 9 and I was like, shit, I've watched a hundred episode series of a series I probably never watched for our podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for you. I'm sorry for myself. I'm sorry for all the listeners. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like over over this like two year span, I think mean, I think we've gotten some pretty decent quotes from me trying to re describe these scenes. That's true. All right, favorite episode of the week. Uh, Gundam. Um, since I didn't get to say it before, and I only get to say it one time only, one last time, I'll say summertime rendering since, you know, we have multiple episodes to, to pull from. Yeah. Uh, we won't do episode ratings this week because we have so many fucking episodes. Next week when we're back on to one episode a week, you know, for each show, yes. we'll go back to doing episode ratings next week. Uh, we just had a lot to lay the groundwork on and just kind of talk about. Uh, all right, so let's get into manga ratings and wrap this show up ever so beautifully. Uh, okay, kicking things off with One Piece 1063. Uh, I would give it... It's a very interesting place right now with One Piece and where where we're at at the moment. So I'd give this one an 8, personally. Uh, My Hero was on a break this week, but I will say the last few chapters have been absolutely incredible. So fucking good. But I can now feel like i can officially say that mine and josh's train has unfortunately derailed and we have crashed and burned yeah. <laughs> it took a long time coming but it finally happened we have now crashed this train and we have burned unfortunately that is what it is uh black clover it doesn't help the fucking author likes to tease that shit oh i know yeah he trolled the fuck out of us hard with the fucking a UA uh, trader. I know. When that finally became relevant again. Bro, I'm telling you right now, 
like I've said before, when it came to this train Josh and I were on, right? It was either going to make it to the station because there's too many clues, or Hikoshi is one of the biggest trolls in manga history. And we've now learned the answer to that. He's one of the biggest trolls in manga history. Because there is no way in fucking hell that he did not purposely just try to troll us with the amount of clues and and things that he put in this series to point towards what we thought this train was. I mean, that's being real. There's a long yeah. list of things where it's like supporting that this is a thing and we have been trolled. So, you know what? I'm not even mad about it because like, I just, I applaud the level of troll. Like I'm here for that. Like <laughs> I love it. Honestly, uh, black clover three forty one. Um, I give it an eight. Honestly, I kind of like where we're going right now. It feels kind of weird since it's considered the last arc, you know, but I do like where we are right now. Itachi the second. Accurate. Uh, JJK 201. What the hell's going on? What the hell? Oh, right. <laughs> no, I have not caught up. I'm legitimately asking this you what the hell's going on. This is fucking wild. Still have not so caught up. So I will give it an eight just because after the whole random bullshit that was these fights that we were very unsure about, it only leads to ghetto. Recruiting the power that is America. What? Exactly. Oh, God. I guess I need to catch up and see what the <laughs> fuck you're on about. All right. What would you rate it? Oh, you gave it eight. an eight. No, you gave it an eight. Sorry. Uh, all right. Mishnia's core family, 150. Um, I would give this one probably a seven. I think a seven works. Undone and Luck, 131. I would give this one a 9, honestly. I'd give the last chapter a 9. I'd give the chapter before that a 9. These past few chapters have been awesome, bro. Let's say how many chapters does it have, because it's in its final arc, too, isn't it? Yeah, it's at 131, uh, and we're now about to begin the next uh, time loop with Ark. Uh, this time, Fuko being the one that's going to do it, with you know, obviously her being Unluck and uh, Undead and Andy. I mean, he'll just be alive for it and he'll be alive and alone for 20,000 years or so before he gets to potentially meet Fuko again. Um, so, I mean, th these past few chapters have been very, very good. Nice little emphasis on Victor and his relationship with um, Unjustice. I always forget her name. Um, nice little focus on that. So, I mean, very good past few chapters for sure. Mashal 128. Uh, seven. I'll give it a seven strictly because I love how the last like three chapters have all, I mean, more than that, but these last three specifically have all ended with the final panel of just mash passed out. I've, I've enjoyed. Fuck out. Yeah. I've enjoyed that. So I'll give it a seven for that. I guess. Sakamo 91. Give me this. Give me a nine on this one. I would take a nine. Yeah, it was great. The return of skinny moto. Yeah. Skinny moto is back, baby. Let's go. Uh, let's see. Elusive Samurai 82. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Blue Box, 73. Give it an 8. Give it an 8 as well. P653. I'll give it a 6. Akane Banashi, 34. Give it a 8. Chainsaw Man, 107. Mm, I'll give it a 7. Yeah, 7 or 6 for me personally. Uh, Kaiju on a break this week. Be back next week. Uh, Spy Family 69. 
I give it a nine, honestly. I laughed my ass off at Anya's little plan. Where it's just like, you know, I'm not Ugo, I'm Topes Adorbs. And the, right, okay, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, and the yeah. teacher was just like, you know, you're right, you are Topes Adorbs. You, however, young man, you are very Ugo. Yeah, we yeah, take Ugo ness very seriously at this school. <laughs> and Andy's like, wait, he's not Ugo, he's just a piece of crap. <laughs> I, lost oh, my sh- I lost my shit at those couple panels. So I'll give it a nine. I'll give it an eight because I assume we're going to get to see Pure again going. You touched my Anya? <laughs> Basically. Uh, Tokyo Avengers 274. What the fuck? Bro, I'm saying. <laughs> Man, I'm not kidding, that Dude, what the hell? <laughs> I'm going hard on. All right, so let's wrap this all up in a nice little pickle. Yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, um, I'll give it a nine. I'll give it a nine as well. Rent a girlfriend, two fifty six. Uh, not a whole lot happened in this one personally. I think uh, probably like a six or a seven is probably warranted. Nothing really exciting happened on this one. So, so what a point does it become? Rent a girlfriend and instead rent a wife. Yeah, I'm wondering that too. Maybe like uh three hundred. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Eden Zero two twelve. All right. So I finally caught back up to Eden Zero. I was behind like four or five chapters. And all I got to say is, like, holy shit, where the fuck is he coming up with these random-ass ideas? I don't know, but the series is, is where I felt like it was ending. feels like we may get another arc or two. I feel like it's going to end, personally. Because, like, I have noticed just over time of tracking it, Eden Zero manga sales just steadily going down and down and down. So I feel like it's probably ending. But Jesus Christ, where the hell are we right now with this? This story is like there's so many random ass plot points coming in. You know, I will give some massive credit to the last like two chapters, though. I always had that little thought in the back of my head involving the character. You know, Uh, I always had that that thought a little bit that, oh, what if they're actually kind of an asshole? But at the same time, that thought was wiped away very quickly. So if this is like hard set for sure and it's locked in, it's happening, and we're not going to get some bullshit plot twist of, oh, oh, sorry, I know I said that for a couple chapters and all, but that's not actually the case. Here's the actual one, you know what I mean? But if this character is actually like our main enemy, like I give some props. I didn't really see it coming. Uh, I, I I genuinely didn't. It was kind of there a little bit when the characters introduced. You know what I mean? Yes. It was there then, but then as like we got more focus on the character, more backstory on the character, more lore on the character, I wiped that thought away. So I will say I did not see this coming, and I will give credit to that. Yeah, no, this has done several hard flips within the last six chapters, and just sort of like, yep. All right. Yep. Uh, I give it probably honestly an eight. Uh, mostly giving props to that plot twist. I give it a seven. Seven deadly sins, four nights of the apocalypse, chapter eighty-one. Uh, so I gotta say this. I, you know, seven deadly. I, there's a lot of things I like about the series of seven deadly. You know, the more obviously the manga, more than anime, anime is, it became dog shit. Uh, you know, I know I, there's a lot of aspects about this story as a whole that I thoroughly, very much enjoy with the characters and character interactions and stuff. But I, I, I think I, I haven't, I'm not going to lock it in for sure, but I low-key think I like Four Nights the Apocalypse as a series a lot more than Seven Deadly Sins, like immensely more. Uh, there's just like little vibes that I see from like, like the one thing that I've, I've noticed quite a bit with like our main group here uh, of Percival and his three friends, whatever, dude, it gives me like hardcore, hardcore, like Dragon Ball vibes, like Dragon Ball. 
where like Percival's like Kid Goku, uh, the one kid who deals with poison stuff, you know, is like Krillin. Uh, Donnie is fucking Yamcha, one hundred percent. You know, and then uh, the, the, you know the chick is obviously like Bulma. Like you know that that's how I view this group of four, and it's it's super fascinating to me. And like that's the dynamic that I personally see, and it's just super cool. Uh, I like all the other characters, like Lancelot and stuff. Lancelot, like you're getting more and more of like you know these the, this chapter and the chapter before more of teases of you know this dude's fucking strong because uh it was okay i will say this she has not come back but she was referenced (laughs) (laughs) still have not brought her back but that situation was actually finally referenced again when lancelot was thinking about it and she's like i you know he thought about where you know all i had was the text though didn't even have a picture of her and all it was i'm in love with you lancelot and lancelot's just like what the hell do you expect me to how to take that? You're like my big <laughs> sister and like my master. How the hell do you expect me to? Re- He's thinking to himself about that situation, and then it gets immediately dropped after a page. But as soon as I saw that pop up, I'm like, oh, so we are gonna reference this. We are coming back to this. Uh, but like in terms of teases of his character, so like when it came to that situation, um, they were gone for like three years, right? When he was being, tra- or might have been five. Yeah, it might have been five, uh, where they were like, you know, training, and that's when she fell in love with him and stuff. Uh, Lancelot, um, t- you know, Lancelot, Tristan talked about that as well, where it's just like before that, before he he randomly left, me and him were like evenly matched and stuff, and then when he came back, he was just landslide stronger than me. It's quite frustrating, honestly. But if there's anyone that's gonna beat Arthur, it's gonna be him because Lancelot is just dog shitting on Arthur throughout like these couple chapters before Arthur ends up retreating. You know, not retreating like he he knows he's losing, but he's still keeping his composure of like, oh, I can kill you, even though you're beating the living fuck out of me right now. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying Four Nights the Apocalypse. I give 81 a 9, honestly. I, I've really enjoyed this series so far. Uh, Unordinary, 279. I'll give it an 8. Give it an 8 as well. Uh, Weak Hero, 212. Mm. Give it a 7. I'll give it a seven, but I really enjoyed some of these past few chapters. Yeah. Very good. L Seed 191. Eight. Down to Earth 117. I give this one a nine, honestly. This is this is a pretty interesting couple chapters we've had. Uh starting to more dive into um God, his name just left me. Starting to draw more into like his uh his backstory with his previous relationship that horribly fucked him up, whatever. Uh, where Zay wants to, like, you know, because she can see memories of people, right, when they, like, touch heads, touch foreheads, and she's like, you know, show me a time when she was not, you know, she's just like, she doesn't know, obviously. She's like, show me when Delilah was nice to you, like you claim, because I don't know. You know, she's very, she's not, like, being a bitch about it. Very innocent. I legitimately do not know. I want to know. So, like, you know, he's trying to show her various things, but each thing that he tried to show her, ends up just her being a massive bitch, like a massive bitch to him. And it's just like that, you know, he slowly starts to realize, oh, fuck, she really was a massive bitch to me. So it's it's been a fascinating little couple chapters. Uh, so next up is Mage and Demon Queen and Immortal Weakling. I did not read these least, these recent chapters, so no ratings there. Uh, favorite chapter of the week? Takamoto. Oh, Undead and Luck. Undead and Luck has been so damn good recently. Oh my god, it's been so good. All right, uh, longer episode today, uh, almost two hours actually. 
almost yeah almost a two-hour episode it'll be it'll be shorter next week we had a lot to kind of dive into and digest this week we had to catch up on a lot of things you know back it'll be things split it up to four parts yeah exactly it'll be all right they'll be be okay listeners will be okay um all right so zach anything else you want to chat about or are we ready to hit the music get out of here you gonna buy one of those page and demon queen plushies i showed you i might i might We'll see. For anyone who doesn't know, you can go to Makeship and look up Webtoon stuff, and they actually have two campaigns going for two of the characters from Mage and Demon Queen. They're two MCs, actually. Mel and Mel- Mallory and Vel. Yes. Yeah. Might buy it. Might buy it. Be a nice little, nice little touch to the collection somewhere. I did buy a, <laughs> a lot more than I thought I was going to. I, I didn't think I was going to buy any of you, honestly. I, I bought a lot more stuffed animals than I thought I was when I was in Florida. <laughs> Like, I am not a stuffed animal guy, but here I am buying multiple stuffed animals. Like, for me. Like, you know, yeah, got some, you know, for Christina as well, but, like, I get some for me, specifically. I'm not a big on person, but, I mean, I like makeshift stuff. Because I got several of those. All their stuff is very good quality. That's, uh, yeah, that is good. Rogue Goblin. My favorite one that I found while I was down there, just because it's, like, you don't find a lot of like merch or anything for this character very often. You just don't, you know. Be, yeah. Uh, but I, I got a silver the hedgehog plushie. I thought that was oh, a yeah, nice I've little find. Shown that. Yeah, I like silver. Silver's cool. So that was a cool little find. Uh, but anyway, everyone tries to forget 06. So. Yeah, everyone tries. To, I will never let people forget the glory that is Sonic 06. <laughs> All right, I'm hitting the music. We're getting out of here. Zach, last thoughts. All right. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can help us out by hitting that subscribe. You can also go to the Animan Plus YouTube and hit subscribe there to help that channel build so we can start posting everything everywhere. Thank you very much. Bye. Do everything that he said and more. And also with that Animan Plus YouTube, hey, we're going to have an actual handle here soon because YouTube is introducing YouTube handles that's available to everyone. So that's really cool. Excited for that to come. Make it easier for searchability options and stuff like that. Uh, we also have some cool things coming for Animan Plus when we're going live. So stay tuned for the live show. I'm not putting an exact date when we're starting it like we have with a terrible football show or games. It's just happening very soon. Probably within the next two or three weeks, my guess. Probably three weeks. We'll see. Keep an eye out for that, as well as all the stuff with Agent Inc. Really excited to show you guys what we have with Animan Plus specifically for Agent Inc., as well as everything else, just in general. Sparky 3 Game Static Terror Football Show. Make sure to check out all those shows. Be a friend, tell a friend, of course. Subscribe to the channel. And with all that said, until next time, guys, hope you have a great one. It's a great time to be alive for anime. See you.